Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Now, on to the match review committee, guys. Uh, Nelson Asafa-Solomona gets no weeks and no fine for his um, the, the elbow that landed on uh, Egan's head. I want to get your thoughts on this, Guru. Yeah, I can't believe nothing's come of this. Um, I think Tim's got some, some, some stuff he'll read out to us, which is pretty shocking. But I honestly, I left here on Friday night after watching this game thinking <laughs> Melbourne are going to lose Nass and they're going to lose Josh King. Until finals here, essentially, mm. Melbourne might miss the eight. This mm. That's what I, I was looking at their side going. This could fall apart yep. very quickly. To see that <clears throat> neither of them has got anything, I cannot believe it. Timmy, what do you reckon? Yeah, so his rap sheet from this year alone: Nelson Soffer, Solomona, round three, careless high tackle, thousand dollar fine. Round 18, careless high tackle, $1,800 fine. Round 19, careless high tackle, $3,000 fine. Round 19, also dangerous tackle, $3,000 fine. Then there was the round 20 incidents, and he hasn't been given a week yet. So it's just like becoming a bit of a protected species, and if that's because the judiciary are scared of what they've seen him do over in Bali or whatever earlier this season, <laughs> in that case, and I fully understand, and I wouldn't give him anything either, but that is a lot. And, and I understand that each incident... Um, is individual and like that they're not meant to impact each other but mm. gee that's, that's a lot of incidents without I'm, getting a fight like we just spoke about Cleary how suspensions are meant to change behaviour mm. like, well, why would he change his game yeah that's why would he change what he's doing I just yeah yeah look I love Nelson's aggression it, it, the amount of times he impacts games is, is, is uh, you know honestly countless every game he impacts it. I very rarely watch a game where Nelson comes on and you don't he doesn't skittle defenders and all that. So I love his aggression. But honestly, I am shocked that he got nothing because we give we were giving people suspensions for head-highing blokes that slipped into tackles. We were, we were sending people 10 in the bin for that. Um, now, the concern I have about this one is that regardless of whether he meant it or he didn't, the, the Melbourne Storm players had full control of Egan's body. Whereas like a head high where a player is running at me and can step left or right, it is the, the room for error is way bigger because I don't know where they're going. I don't have control of their body. 
Nelson has hold of him. He can go nowhere. And so all the responsibility of where you land on that person is on you. Even if, even if you unintentionally land somewhere, it is still your responsibility because you have hold of that person. And that's why for the life of me, how I can't see how he didn't get anything because we know it was contact to the head. We know the contact was so harsh, it cracked Egan's teeth reportedly. <laughs> that's the reports. Um, apologies if that's wrong. Even if, even if it didn't, let's just say it didn't crack his head. We can see the footage. It, the elbow landed on his head. So what I don't understand is that we've been going so hard and, you know, there was an article released about how the crackdown on head, head knocks is uh, working. And then something like this happens where there's clear contact to the head in a controlled environment Gets zero fine, zero anything. If Egan didn't come back and play and he was out for six weeks, which could have quite possibly happened, I'd be shocked if Nass doesn't get something then. How does Dalf Nukin get two weeks for an accidental head clash where they are both running at each other like super quick, where the, the room for the margin for error is tiny because it's so hard to tell where someone's going to go? An accidental head clash, and when you drop your elbow, in, like whether it was accident or not, you had control of the player. I just, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. I, I just do not understand it. And on top of that, Waddell gets five weeks yep. for, for an alleged eye gouge. Josh King, whether he intentionally did or not, still grabbed around the eyes. Like there is video footage and he gets nothing. Like, are you telling me there's five weeks difference between Josh King and Waddell's eye grabbing? I don't think there is. Like, I, I think both players didn't actually intend to gouge eyes. But if you're going to give Waddell five weeks, you have to give King some time at the very minimum. Because even though he didn't mean it, he still grabbed his face and pulled. Just like Waddell grabbed his face and pulled. Like, I don't... It makes no sense. <laughs> Mate, if we got in here and Josh King and Nass both got one week, I think I'd feel the same. <laughs> I, I cannot believe that they aren't facing weeks on the sideline. Like, and, and I, what sucks is it's so unbelievable. It starts making me think, look, is it because they've had 15 or 16 injuries? Like, is it because they're so decimated with injury that they can't afford to have more people sit out because they're literally pulling people from reserve grade? Is that the reason? Because in no, in no world is that not at least a few weeks. Like, in no world. Um, I, I think Canterbury, like, they should be reaching out for an explanation. 100% they should be. Like... How I just it makes zero sense, zero zero sense, and I and I can understand like why some fans like Melbourne are protected species because when you see stuff like this, whilst your player is sitting on the sidelines, you're going, how does that make sense? Mm. Explain how you've come to that answer with a logical, reasonable way. It just doesn't, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I don't. I don't get it. Um, I, and the worst thing is, is you know what? The new cycle in a week's time, we won't even be talking about it. And they'll just move on from it. And Nass and that will go out and play next week and play really well as he does every week. Josh King will be, you know, an absolute, um, you know, work his ass off as he does every week. Huge fans of the way, you know, they, they play. But those two incidents, unfortunately, they're suspension inju- injury, I, uh, like incidents. If Canterbury was higher a few wins up the ladder, which they're probably unlucky not to be in my opinion... Corey Riddell for five weeks, like that would have got so much more attention than what it did. Yeah, because he's yeah, yeah. If his team was still relevant and they were in finals contention, I, I just imagine the story if it was any other back rower who, if it was Sean Lane, Kickow, any mm. of these other boys that got five weeks that their team is still relevant and in finals, and Josh King gets nothing. Yeah, it's 
It's bizarre. It is absolutely bizarre. And I can understand why fans are pissed off at it. It just makes zero, zero and look, sense. Yeah. And I, I don't think Josh King did it on purpose. I don't think Corey Waddell did either. Yeah, I, both of them. And and look, I'm I'm okay if you want to say, you know, Nelson didn't mean to land on his head, but he meant to land on his body. If you want to say that, fine. That's irrelevant in my eyes. In both cases. In both cases, one like both cases were contact to the head. One contact to the eyes and pulling pulling towards him, so pulling in. And then there was contact to the head. Like the, the the intention behind it is almost irrelevant because we've got the answer in front of us of like mm. they had control of the player uh, and there was contact to the head. Anyway, I, I don't get it. So really, really disappointing. Really disappointing. Uh, again, another one, uh, Hargreaves. How Hargreaves only gets a fine. <laughs> you, can br- like, you can break someone's jaw by putting that much force on their jaw like that. Again, there was an article that came out where Vlandis were saying, you know, it's down this percent and our crackdown's working. And then Hargreaves gets a fine and you're like, you're sitting there going, so all of these times we've had players suspended for minimal contact to the head when a player is slipping in a tackle and then there is intentional head, head contact and it's nothing. Like, doesn't make any sense. And the average rugby league fan will once again say, relevant team. Yeah. Yeah. Roosters and Storm, two of the big dogs in the competition. Really disappointing. Really disappointing. And you know what? Like, like what's ironic is like... I get where Hargreaves is coming from in the sense that I came through rugby when rugby league when like, you know, you'd have your fingers stepped on and, you know, as the young winger that was contracted to a Broncos thing, if you're playing Q Cup, the old guys, they would rough you up. Like, so it's not like I'm not aware that sometimes enforcers need to rough up the, the smaller guys. But in today's game, if we're trying to protect our young players, especially a, a legend, like it's Fulton we're talking about here. We're talking about a Fulton. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he doesn't get any, like, it's just like, oh, yeah, who cares? I, it just, it doesn't add up to me. It doesn't add up. I will say, though, I, th- I love Fulton. I yeah, thought he was a goer. Nails. I yeah. thought he was a real goer. And I would be surprised if, if he doesn't fight his way on the bench there. I thought he was a real goer. Um, also, I wanted to talk about, um, fuck, now I've forgotten. Oh, have, we haven't got it here. So, two uh, hip drop-ish tackles. Um the Tarpanier one. Now, nothing happened to the Tarpanier one. Now, obviously, Tarpanier got sent in the bin for throwing a punch. Um, Paddy Carrigan, I'm not sure. Could you check on what the, the weeks are? I read two to three. Look, I love Paddy, and I think we can all agree, just a mistake. He was fatigued, and he's just gone back to an old technique that shouldn't be in there. But he should get minimum four weeks. Minimum four weeks. And, I, again, I love Paddy Carrigan. He is incredible. And this is a Bronco fan. Uh, I don't really, I don't think I've really seen this before for one of these tackles, but it's been referred straight to the judiciary. Yeah, okay. Well, so I, I think we've had that earlier in the year, actually. Um, Barnett was straight to the judiciary. Yeah, it was too. Honestly, minimum four weeks. And seriously, if they went as high as six, I wouldn't be against it. you got to get it out. Yeah. you got you, you got to go harsh. This is what we spoke about at the start of the year with the cannonball tackle. I didn't think they go. they went harsh enough on it at the start of the season. I think we saw Liam Knight's uh, season finish a few weeks ago. I think, unfortunately for Carrigan, I think that they've got to go hard on him because we just can't have it. I know Booth's tackle was technically legal because he, like, he hit him above the knee. But it's like, t- Tarpany was, like, literally standing there, couldn't move. And he had two guys on top of him. Like, that tackle needs to be what, outlawed what from the game. It, what I'm not understanding about it is, like, if we get rid of that tackle, it actually promotes the chances of big fellows offloading more. Mm. So it actually speeds the game up is what we want. Timmy, what do you think about that, the Paddy Carrick? 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The whole hip drop intrigues me because it's seemingly come from nowhere the last mm. few years. Like, like, when did we first hear about a hip drop tackle? Well... It, it was in the game, but people weren't aware of it. Yeah. So, and so why do we why do we think that is? Like, no, I'm with you. Like, just it was, wrestling oh, techniques. It, it was bad. Yep. Yeah. But like the way they're going in there, like that's not a, a wrestling technique where they're going and taught to just drop drop by no, the that, hip that is that is that is like a jiu-jitsu wrestling technique to get something yeah, to the yeah. ground. Ugh. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, it, it's bad. And it I think also because like as the game moves more to wrap the ball up, wrap the ball up, and legs tackles aren't they promoted. They don't go down. They so they're standing constantly. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's either a wrestling or a jujitsu. I'm pretty sure it's wrestling um, way to get someone to the ground. Yeah, and that's it. Like they were, it's always as you said about wrapping the ball up, especially within the size of some of these boys. Joey Tapney being one of them with the great offload, wrap that ball up and mm. just wait, 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 make it as slow as you can for that person to come in. And that's obviously, it's it's more. Also, well, in the Kagan example, the third bloke would come in and you sort of you grab them low waist and then pull down to the the hips and then drop them. Mm. But it's just it's a fine line. We saw just all levers. It's all just like yeah. putting pressures oh. on levers. So you're putting putting pressure on the back of their knees so they have yeah. to fall. But as we saw, you know, for example, I'm again, I'm I'm not, you know, I haven't wrestled in forever. But the difference between wrestling training and footy training is like when you're wrestling someone, it's one on one. So. If you do do the hip drop, it's very easy for them to usually pull their legs out from them. Whereas on a footy field, they got cleat, like they got um, studs in, they got players holding them. So yeah, uh, again, the, um, as a Broncos man and a Broncos fan and a Paddy Carrigan fan, four to six weeks minimum. Minimum. Anything less is outrageous in my opinion. The the Tapney one was bullshit as well. Like that that's something that needs proper attention because. Mm. He came in booth for that tackle. By the letter of the law, as Maddie said, he hit the hammies and there's nothing wrong with it. Mm. But that is so dangerous. Oh. Like that could just be an that's an ACL waiting to happen. Wait, I mean it did Liam Knight. Oh, exactly right. Yep. And it's just so the refereeing and the way they handled it was unfortunately correct. Yeah. I mean, Joey Taffney fired up and threw a bit of a, a punch <clears> there and again rightly so got ten minutes. And like the fact that the Raiders were disadvantaged by it. Like at least ten each way because it's so dangerous. I, I'd like this is just off the top of the dome of like ways we can fix it. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of holes in it. But I honestly think they need to keep it at has to be above the knee. But almost like again, this is a massive grey area. But almost like if you are going to do that, you need to come in slowly and just grab the legs yeah. and you know what I mean. Any force like any trying to hit through, boom, immediately penalised. Like I would be okay. If they penalise the top and one straight away, I like, I like that, and, and yeah. it's it is a little subjective. It's a little bit grey, but you can go in. That's another thing. Like players are taught 
to go once they're held up up top, you only need to go in and basically lasso their legs, yep. and then the blokes on top can put them wherever they want. Yeah, but, you, but you're right. When they go in at speed like mm. that one, that's where the danger yep. happens. And so I, th- I think that is something that a referee can adjudicate on and have a decent opinion on whether they've gone in with force or mm. whether they've gone just to tie the legs yep. up. So and, I like it. I would just be saying, your only, your only thing you can do is tie the legs up and then it is the people up top's job to get them to the ground. Yep. If they don't, you lose the tackle. You, they get momentum. That's, that, they're a big, strong ball carrier. That's part of their... Uh, and, and again, I, I understand there's going to be grey areas, but I would literally be teaching players to you run up, you stop, and then you wrap their legs. That's what I'd be trying to and teach. And the defending team gets the same result. Mm. They still completely control it and put them wherever they want, yep. turn them around, face the, the line the opposite way. It, it works. I think yeah. it's a great call. Um, because you've got to get rid of it. Oh, man, it is, it is honestly... It's worse than head highs for me. It really is, because it just so dangerous and it's the, the issue that i have with it is that like it's a taught technique whereas unless it's an obvious swinging arm head highs are always accidental like they're always accidental mm. unless there's like a one percent that aren't so yeah got to get rid of it man got to get rid of it so uh, hopefully uh, that was, the tough thing is is we need to sort out our match review community but i feel like it's needed to be sorted out for a substantial amount of time and i uh, so I, I kind of I kind of feel a bit hopeless about it all. You know what I mean? Like, what, what can we do? If we're like here in ten years having the same conversations, yeah. anyone going to be fucking shocked? And so it's like it's we've been having these conversations for ten years. I don't know how to fix it, so it's easy for me to sit here and judge the NRL and say they're doing this wrong or that wrong. But I, I personally don't know how you fix it because there's so many ways it's going to get. And I think meant. you know I say it quite often, but like the beauty of our game is that there is so many grey areas, which makes it so exciting. But it is our greatest downfall. Mm. And we, I think it's also pretty evident that we're shocking at dealing with grey areas. Like this, this, the, this like Nas one, the King one, the Hargreaves one, it just boggles my mind. And I'm also not putting them in the category of grey areas too. Mm. I just think this is a bad shit. Yeah, that's a massive bad shit. <laughs> yeah, so look, hopefully um, hopefully gets sorted. I, I, look, put it this way. I think that that hip drop tackle should be like priority number one right now. I just got to get rid of it. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 